Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Something else from somewhere else.
Welcome to Mondo Jazz, the Radio Free Brooklyn weekly program dedicated to international jazz, coming to you after the good Jerry Curl times, brought to you by Mike Joseph and his very fine Jerry Curl Chronicles, which is uh, broadcast every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Nice to be back after a brief hiatus of uh, three weeks. I'd like to thank uh, guest host uh, Jennifer Demerit for keeping Mondo Jazz going while I was away. The last time around, uh, we were in the middle of an exploration of the most vibrant uh, jazz scene in Africa, namely the South African scene. We focused on the golden age of South African jazz, the 1960s and 70s, and the new generation of musicians which uh, followed in the years of the post-apartheid regime. Today we'll look into what came before them, focusing on some foundational bands and musicians, as well as on the musicians they inspired both in South Africa and elsewhere. However, to establish some continuity with the last uh, South African episode of Mono Jazz, the opening tune for today's show was the title track of a seminal album for South African jazz, which was recorded around the same time, at the end of the 1960s. That was Yakal Incomo by saxophonist Winston Monwabizi Mankunkungosi, commonly referred to as Mankunku. Born in 1943 in Cape Town, Mankunku was among the musicians that decided not to leave South Africa during the apartheid period, like other musicians who became more internationally famous did. He preferred to stay and to deal with the aberration of apartheid, with all the consequences that that implied for a black musician like, uh, for instance, sometimes being forced to play behind a curtain to stay out of sight when he was playing with an all-white big band in the Cape Town City Hall, for instance, because mixed-race bands were against the law. Since its publication in 1968, Yakal Como has become one of the most influential South African jazz albums. Played today, it still sounds very fresh and modern and often surprises for its originality even though it nods evidently to jazz from the US from the 60s, while retaining a very clear South African influence. And this precious blend of South African and US influences can be found in uh, several of the tunes we're going to listen tonight, starting with the next one by a band that, uh, like its name suggests, played tribute to the American counterparts, the Manhattan Brothers. The Manhattan Brothers, like uh, Munkunku, were uh, hugely influential in South Africa, and like him, after them, they had to deal with the vagaries of the apartheid regime. Uh, for instance, uh, the consequences of a piece of legislation known as uh, Section 17 gave an unemployed native male a short period to find another job. If he was not able to find one, he could be prosecuted for loitering, which could lead to up to two years of prison. And that was a big risk considering that full-time employment as a musician, and a black musician in particular, in South Africa in the 40s and 50s was a very challenging proposition. Rehearsing while trying to avoid uh, police raids, the Manhattan Brothers were inspired by the American band Mills Brothers and their vocal harmonies, which they infused with, more and more as the time passed, African melodies, as it's very evident in the next tune, Vuka Vuka. Nazi 
You're listening to Mondo Jazz, and this is uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, since we're talking about Radio Free Brooklyn, let me remind you that there are a couple of ways that you can stay in touch even when you are on the go. And the first one is basically by downloading an app that uh, can work both on your iPhone or Android. Uh, the address to download uh, the iPhone version is uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash iPhone, and the Android version is at uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash Android. And also, you should sign up for our newsletter to keep up to date with new programming, upcoming events, interviews, ticket giveaways, special offers, and the newsletter is available at uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. We just heard a set of uh, five uh, songs, uh, starting with uh, Vuka Vuka by the Manhattan Brothers, which was then followed by uh, Za Laba Laba, which seemed the perfect segue, uh, since it also featured a mix of uh, catchy melody and joyful, joyful atmospheres that is often associated with uh, South African music. It was performed by the Zulus and produced by Yuma Zekela, and it was recorded in New York in 1965. We then uh, shifted to the music of John Fury, a legendary South African guitarist that started his uh, professional career at the age of 15 and played uh, with pretty much every notable South African musician and in every South African venue of the time, before moving to London and uh, landing the job as the leader of the house band at the Ronnie Scotts, the main London jazz club. In the early 70s he was active in New York, along uh, leading musicians like uh, Lee Morgan, uh, Billy Cobham, and Charles Erland, and established a lasting friendship uh, with Miles Davis guitarist uh, John McLaughlin, before returning to South Africa in 1975. As a dedication to his uh, New York years, we heard a medley of two evergreens like uh, Autumn in New York and Manhattan, from uh, Once Upon a Time, his uh, stunning uh, solo album that uh, represents the coronation of five decades of music. After that, we heard another track by the Manhattan Brothers, for whom uh, John Fury played very often. Uh, this time, it was a composition entitled uh, Tulandville, which uh, prominently featured a very young uh, Miriam Makeba, who joined the Manhattan Brothers at the age of 21, as well as also Kipi Kuketsi on uh, saxophone and clarinet. All these uh, musicians were then featured in the following track, Set Times, Bad Time, which was the opening song in the musical King Kong, King Kong was of paramount importance, and it was the first time that an all-African cast performed in South Africa, and it was also the first time that the life of uh, South African townships was uh, center stage. It was 1959, and uh, King Kong proved to be extremely successful, and was performed before packed audiences in uh, theaters in uh, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Durban, and Johannesburg. That success led to engagements of uh, eight months in London and uh, several other uh, months in other cities of the UK, uh, two years later, in 1961. At the end of this uh, British tour, 15 members of the cast, including the Manhattan Brothers, opted not to return to South Africa because of the apartheid regime. Miriam Makeba had already left to pursue a career, a solo career in the US. The South African government declared all of them persona non grata, and it would take many years before they were allowed to return home. Let's now turn uh, to another seminal band in the history of South African jazz, the Jazz Epistles, which have uh, played actually twice in New York in the past couple of years, thanks to the uh, programming of the World Music Institute, last year at Town Hall and this year at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Even though sadly that was without Yuma Zekela, who recently passed away. 
Inspired by Art Blakey's uh, Jazz Messengers, the Jazz Epistles were the first black jazz combo to record in South Africa. From that album, uh, recorded in 1959 and entitled Verse One, we will hear the composition Carol's Drive by saxophonist Kipi Mukhetsi. Besides Mukhetsi, the band featured uh, two musicians destined to become very successful also internationally, Yusma Sekela, as mentioned, but also Dollar Brand, who later changed his name to Abdullah Ibrahim. Masekela, Mukizzi and trombonist Jonas Gwangwa were also among the cast members of King Kong that had decided to remain in exile when the musical was over. Here is Carol's Drive by the Jazz Epistles. Thank you. 
We are now in the middle of uh, more exploration of South African jazz at Mundo Jazz, and we started off the set with uh, Carol's Drive by the Jazz Epistles, uh, the seminal South African band, from a 1959 album entitled Verse One. After that, we turned to a composition by the pianist of the Jazz Epistles, Dollar Brand, also known as uh, Abdullah Ibrahim. This was a composition uh, that he performed with his trio entitled Tintiana. Right after that, we heard another composition by Dollar Brand, actually one of his most popular ones, entitled uh, Guiza. However, in this case, it was performed by the Dutch uh, cellist Ernst Reisiger from his album entitled Colaparte. Let's now switch back to the music of uh, Yuma Sekela, the other very famous uh, member of the uh, jazz epistle. Up next is uh, Mami Wata, a song dedicated to a water deity worshipped in West Central and Southern Africa, which is also a song that appeared on uh, Yung Masekela's uh, 17th studio album, which was entitled The Boy Is Doing It. Uh, he recorded it in Lagos, Nigeria in 1975, and so perhaps it's not a surprise that the entire album is infused with the groovy and catchy atmospheres of Felakudi's albums. <laughs> Oh, 
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit organization of self-funding volunteers. Of course, there are considerable costs associated with this operation. And if you like what you hear on Mondo Jazz, why not support Radio Free Brooklyn with the pledge of your choice or getting one of Radio Free Brooklyn's t-shirts, hats, or other cool merch from www.radiofreebrooklyn.com slash donate.
You're listening to a South African jazz exploration by Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. We started off this set of three tunes with uh, Mami Wata by Yu Masekela. We then uh, moved on to Extra Chili, a composition from the album Vivid Africa by a former member of uh, Yu Masekela's band's saxophonist McCoy Makrubata in a cross-cultural collaboration with South African multi-instrumentalist Greg Georgiadis who, uh, using North African instruments like oud, but playing them uh, from a definite South African angle, create a rare form of uh, cross-African fusion. However, on this track, uh, he was playing the nylon uh, string guitar. We then concluded the set uh, with the music of pianist uh, Hotep Idris Galeta, uh, with his album uh, Malai Tone Poem, and the composition Cape Town After Midnight, with its quasi-Tom Waits atmosphere. Like others before him, also Galeta escaped South Africa and relocated first to the UK and then moved to the US where he played with uh, Yumasekela himself but also pop artists like David Crosby. Among the jazz greats he collaborated with were Bobby Hutcherson, Alvin Jones, Archie Shep, Jackie McLean, Mario Pavone and Joshua Redman. And uh, from his collaboration with Mario Pavone and Joshua Redman we're going to listen to a composition entitled Monk in Soweto which not only appeared on the album we just heard, but also on the one we're about to listen to, which is uh, Two Long Days by Mario Pavone, and uh, pays tribute to a pianist that has uh, had a central influence on uh, South African jazz players, from uh, Dollar Brand to Bekim Sleku, and of course I'm referring to Thelonious Monk. So here is a Monk in Soweto, composition by Hotep Idris Galeta, performed with Mario Pavone and Joshua Redman's band, followed by compositions uh, by Becky Mesleku, Monk's Move, and then uh, Theronis Monk, Light Blue, performed by Dollar Brand.
We just heard the three compositions either dedicated to or written by Thelonious Monk. We started off with the Monk in Soweto uh, from Mario Pavone's uh, CD Toulon Days. This is a composition by Otep Idris Galita, the South African pianist. Following that, uh, we heard the Monk's Move by another uh, South African piano player, Bekim Sleku, from his uh, Verve uh, CD released in 1997 entitled Beauty of Sunrise. And finally, the last composition was a composition by Thelonious Monk entitled Light Blue, performed by Dollar Brand from a box set entitled Lions Abroad, Volume 2. So let's continue our exploration of the South African jazz scene, focusing on more music that is the result of the interplay between uh, South African players and international artists. As we mentioned in this episode, and also in the previous episode of Mondo Jazz dedicated to South African jazz, the United Kingdom was the country where many South African artists went in exile, from the cast members of the King Kong musical to the musicians of the seminal band The Blue Notes. So it's no surprise that there are countless collaborations between the South African jazz players and musicians that were active on the London jazz scene. One such artist is uh, saxophonist Jean Toussaint, who is originally from the US Virgin Islands, but moved to London in 1987 at the very happening juncture on the London scene. Four years later, he recorded an album uh, programmatically entitled What Goes Around, in which he collaborated with South African pianist Becky Sleku. From that album, here is the title track.
As we're getting close to the end of today's episode of Mondo Jazz, dedicated to an exploration of South African jazz, we just listened to three compositions which uh, were the result of the prominent presence of uh, South African musicians in London and the influence that they played on uh, jazz players based in London. Uh, first, uh, we started with uh, What Goes Around, the title track from a CD by saxophonist uh, John Toussaint, featuring uh, the South African piano player Becky Msleku. Right after that, we heard a Sunstorm from a CD entitled The Call by a saxophonist Alan Skidmore, featuring the South African uh, percussion ensemble Amon Pondo. And this last track that we just heard was entitled Mra Kali. This is a composition by saxophonist Dudu Pukwana from South Africa, which, however, was performed by Julian Arguelles uh, with the Frankfurt uh, Radio Big Band. This is a CD entitled Let It Be Told that uh, was released by the British label Basho Records and I think is from 2012. And it featured a really kick-ass piano solo by Django Bates. There was uh, just another connection between the South African scene and the London scene, which we will continue for the last track for tonight, uh, which is entitled Open Letter to Dudu Pukwana. It's a composition that is performed on Open Letter, a CD by Luz Tubes, which is this uh, large ensemble that uh, in the mid to late 1980s became the launching pad for the career of some of the best uh, British players of that generation, and in particular pianist uh, Django Bates once again. I'm incredibly pleased to announce that on the occasion of a rare North American tour by Django Bates, uh, which will also touch New York with two nights at the Jazz Standard on the 19th and the 20th of June, Next week, uh, Mondo Jazz will feature a two-hour-long uh, portrait of Django Bates, including an exclusive interview. Django Bates, simply put, is one of the most uh, creative, adventurous, and thoroughly exciting players around, so don't miss next week's episode of Mondo Jazz, and if you can, make sure to see him live with his trio, uh, called Beloved, at the Jazz Standard, performing music uh, from their ECM album, The Study of Touch. Today's episode uh, will rerun tomorrow at 11 a.m. and then will be archived uh, with all past episodes of Mondo Jazz on Mixcloud, Podomatic.com and iTunes. And the archived shows of Mondo Jazz are also featured on AllAboutJazz.com, the greatest online jazz resource. Bassist and composer Ben Allison wrote and performed our theme featuring Ted Nash on flute and the voiceover by Payang Threadgill. We're really winding down for this week's uh, Mondo Jazz on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like this show, you should also check out the rest of the great programming on our station. And right now, stay tuned for Rob Pritchard's Bushwick Garage. But before closing, here is Open Letter to Dudu Pukwana by Luz Tubes. Thank you, and good night.
Mm-hmm.